Welcome to the Todd DeVoe Show, exploring the best ideas and lessons for leaders. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are at in this fine land. And my name is Todd DeVoe, and I am the host of the Todd DeVoe Show. And, you know, the other day I was looking through the Atlantic magazine here, and there was a new article regarding the idea of living in the metaverse and and what this means. And it reminded me of a conversation that I had with Kelly McKinney a while ago. And we started discussing realistically what it means to, to, to be in using technology uh, with disaster and emergency right, response and crisis management. And he jokingly brought up, he goes, are we going to have to plan to respond to disasters in the metaverse? And that, it's kind of an interesting academic question, right? To, to ponder upon the philosophy of life of, of what does it mean when we start moving into the metaverse or whatever that means. It depends who you talk to, what they describe it as. Um, you're seeing more and more people living with virtual reality, head, when I say living, playing, using, participating with, entertaining themselves with uh, VR um, and inter immersive activities regarding um, the headsets. One of the things I've also noticed and the article in the Atlantic goes over is realistically like how everything has to have some sort of entertainment value. And, you know, you guys are here listening to this podcast and the idea here is how do we bring infotainment, if you will, news articles are now infotainment. Uh, there's no, straight edge news that'd be boring people wouldn't wouldn't be able to take it you're reading books and magazines and and circulation of those things is down uh consumption of video short-term video short short type videos such as tiktoks or uh, reels or video shorts that are on youtube um are outperforming the longer form videos so what does that mean for us as leaders and people that are looking to bring organizations forward, as we say in the, in the military, leaning forward to do things, especially in the emergency management um, world, right, is we're taking a look at what, what does it mean to uh, lead organizations that are starting to use artificial intelligence. And, it's a good question because leading organizations into new areas is always something that people had to do back in the times when new technologies were coming out, there was a group of people called the Lodites and they would go and smash the new technology because of fear. People feared cars because the horse and buggy was being replaced. People feared the internet um, thought it was a fad. It was this thing that I remember the days since I feel like an old man now. Well, I remember the days when people didn't want to put their credit card information into the online purchases because they were afraid that it was going to be, the information would be stolen. You can't trust that thing. It's kind of weird. It's unknown. Now today, Everybody has their credit cards pre, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people have their credit cards, you know, preloaded 
that all they have to do is with a one click, put a couple of codes in the back end of it, and they're able to uh, purchase whatever they want via Amazon or eBay or whatever purchasing app that they're using. So artificial intelligence is becoming, as well, is, is becoming, it says became, it's here today. It's not thing that we're looking for into the future. The use of it's going to expand. It's going to be um, more intrusive, if you will, uh, into our daily lives. You know, and the tools that are out there that we can be used specifically for writing are amazing. Uh, using Grammarly, for instance, to help, you know, spell and spell check and, and give ideas of, of how to fix uh, sentences, right, are, are being used by students today and, and professionals for that matter. I, I use it pretty extensively. Um, chat GPT is a, the newest leaning search engine out there, if you will. Uh, but it's also writing essays and articles and so much so that schools are taking a look at how do we ethically take a use the information that is being generated by artificial intelligence and how do we give pro proper grading to the students that are submitting uh, papers. Is it something that should be feared and something that should be rejected or is it something that we can embrace and utilize? And, and how does chat or how does AI and the chat features um, really help or, or hinder uh, when we're looking at, at emergency management or disaster management or crisis management, depending on what part of the world that you're in? There's some cool tools that are out there right now where you can upload your all of your frequently asked questions into the system. And a smart bot, which has been around for a while, you probably all chatted with them, to be honest with you, uh, most businesses are using them now, um, will in a conversational tone be able to answer questions that people have regarding the disaster, which will relieve people from having to pick up the phone necessarily or be answering emails or, or text messages directly and giving proper information that is needed uh, to help save lives. So could the AI help actually increase the ability for people to get messages out to the public, have questions answered with proper information to be able to send them to, um, to shelters or to uh, service areas, right? Without having to have additional staffing take up that role, uh, which could also lead to uh, you know, more questions that uh, aren't answered properly because information isn't updated right regularly. It's really interesting to see how we can use artificial intelligence to enhance and to augment the things that we're doing already. I do not believe that artificial intelligence will replace what we're doing, but I definitely think that it can make the job easier, right? And more efficient. And as people that are in the field of emergency response, know that efficiency saves lives. But how do we lead organizations down that pathway? And I think with us, we have two tiered. We have leading up, all right, leading down, and leading across. And what I mean by that is leading up is having the command staff, having the decision makers, having the city council members, the C-suite, if you're in organizations, have an understanding of how AI 
can be used, right? Like we're talking today, and and how effective it cost effective it is to use AI when you're putting it in conjunction with a program. Leading across is your peer-to-peer. Having them understand and and working out through networking, through things like what we're doing here today, through conferences of of having AI be shown and used and embraced as a professional tool. And then leading down is is talking to the people who are not below you, beneath you, not in that way, but that are your subordinates um, and that you need to train them how to properly use AI in an ethical and moral way. There's some ethical questions regarding AI and what that means. There are vernacular that is being used that AI mm, doesn't necessarily understand. I've been playing with it and adding just different words and different meanings uh, to it, and it doesn't necessarily uh, give the information that I'm looking for because it's the way I am putting the information in. Like anything else, bad information in, bad information out. So I've been realistically putting just all kinds of sort of things into the chat, right, and seeing what it brings up. I sat with my student the other day. He's with this guy. He's working on his bachelor's degree and he's writing his uh, his senior uh, project. And we were talking about AI and he asked me uh, about it and, and what that meant And I for him. And I said, look, I said, as long as you use it as to augment what you're writing and you're not relying upon the machine itself. And you can kind of tell um, after you've been reading it for a little bit, like what is AI generated? Now, of course, if you go in and you generate AI and you edit it, you know, it becomes yours anyhow but you know you go through that process you're still learning because if you you have to read through it but if you're using it to say you're stuck on a a, uh, on a sentence how many of us have had writer's block right as we're sitting there in front of a white paper and just trying to type in words into a a screen and, and and can't think of the next word to use or or the sentence or the direction that you're going with your particular article well using the chat to help you get through that hump. That's what I told him that he could use it as. Put in his ideas, his comment, his question that he has specifically for the paper that he's working on, which is interesting enough what he's working on. Which I'll share with you guys later once he's done. But the, you know, the, the idea of, of taking that information and putting it in, into the chat and having it generate ideas, bullet points, a paragraph or two. And then you can take upon that and, and build upon that. I have no I don't think there's an ethical problem with it. Again, you're going to have to go through and, and, and prove what you're saying. And you're going to have to source out ideas and concepts that others are, have already uh, hashed through. Right. So it's just another way of, of, of just moving that ball forward for the writer. Now, if you take something that has been completely written by AI um, and can you submit it as your own work? I don't know. That's a good question. Is it plagiarism? I don't know. It's not your ideas, I guess. So technically it would be, but who gets the credit for it? So colleges and universities today are struggling with the idea, the ethical aspect of using uh, chat uh, GPT um, right now this seems to be the one that's leading the, 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 the fight here. 
using that tool. And if people are submitting papers or essays that are written by the chat, you know, I can see how there's a dilemma of going, is it really your work? Are you, do we credit the chat bot for it? So those are kind of those questions that you have to ask on the ethical side. Now, bringing it back to working in for disaster response and emergency management, you know, there are some issues that have been shown with where if you're using chat bots, like I said before, regarding vernacular language, if it doesn't understand what the person's putting in, it's, only, it's going to give the information out based upon what it knows. So you have to work with, tech, <clears throat> with the technology that, with its limitations as it is. Um, but what happens if the chat gives wrong information due to the wrong question being asked? I wouldn't be wrong information necessarily. It'd be the information that they're being asked for. But what if the person who's putting the information into the chat uh, asked the question in the wrong way? So you've, you've all done through that too with Siri, right? You ask Siri something and she doesn't understand you. I say she because of the voice. It doesn't understand you. And um, Siri gives you like a weird answer. You're like, ah, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. The frustrations that you get with with that AI tool, right, uh, could be happening when you're doing the chatbot as well. Uh, so understanding that you have to have as much information, and that's one of the issues that you have with using the AI is, is really how do you formulate it, and the engineers that are working on it uh, are, are doing this aspect of it. And, and so getting the information back through. I believe that today we are in the world of artificial intelligence, augmented reality, um, potentially, as they say in the Atlantic, the metaverse, although people disagree with what that means. And we have to embrace that. We cannot be the Lodites. We cannot be the people that are going smashing technology because it scares us. In the 1990s, when the internet started to become a thing, and I remember the first time walking into um, my friend's room at barracks when I was in the, in the military and he was buying a plane ticket using Prodigy. <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, I can go direct to the airlines and buy a plane ticket. I was blown away. That today, that's all we do. We don't call airline ticket or airline ticket booths anymore to, or, or travel agents necessarily. Different ways to buy buy tickets, but at the, at the end of the day, the majority of us are still buying tickets via via online. 1992, you would have been blown away saying this is never going to happen. It's just a fad. Never put in my credit card into this machine. And today, it's at our fingertips. I mean, we're here today, listening via some sort of online um, interface. The future is now when it comes to artificial intelligence. And it's moving fast. And I understand that. You know, working with organizations that are using artificial intelligence to map out the potential of disasters such as fires or hurricanes or, or uh, flooding, right? And to be able to go through that process during training and real-time decision-making in the, in the AI and uh, the art, artificial reality environment, 
to be able to look up at the map that's being created by AI saying this is the, the parameters of where the flood is going and it has the historic data inside of it to be able to say, yep, this is the way a flood with this type of thing would react to give you the ability to go through this training process, which is not as abstract as it would be to see it happening via video that looks real. That is amazing stuff right there. I know Disaster Tech is working hard on programs like this and, and Sean Griffin and the team over there uh, is doing some amazing work. You need to go check them out. They're not sponsoring us, by the way, but just I just want you guys to go see that that Disaster Tech is definitely doing some really great innovative work. You know, we start thinking about the idea of gamification of training, gamification of what we do, gamification. That goes back into the concept of the metaverse. That to get information across the people, you have to have some sort of entertainment value added to it. We're no longer standing in front of a chalkboard with chalk dust and moving to the whiteboard with the dry erases, dry erasers, dry erasers, right? You know, with the, the dry markers. You know, we have all sorts of interactive way of training people. All sorts of the ability to use artificial intelligence to be able to give realistic, real-time uh, data that's being sent to you dis dur during training for a disaster. Util utilizing that and embracing that, that's exciting stuff. I remember the idea of having to go through and create measles for, for, your, um, for training. You can actually have the chat bot create in the parameters that you set, a bunch of scenarios that you would never even think about. Think about that. That's just time-saving ability right there to create real-world-looking training, right, with video and audio and news generation things that are out there that make it, when you're in the EOC, to give that real-world feel. I think that's exciting. That is the next step when we're looking at the technology to use to train individuals and communities and organizations when it comes to disaster response. You know, I started when I writing this piece for today and started thinking about it. And, you know, like I said, the, the article in the, in the Atlantic magazine, um, kind of just pushed me that way and having conversations with people over the last few days said we, this is something that we as emergency managers, we in leadership, we in crisis management have to embrace that concept, have to embrace the tools and start learning the tools. Do not just give this to the next generation that's coming up behind us. For those of us that are older and at the end of our careers. Embrace this and lead this and move forward. Lean forward with this. Bring the next generation up behind us and have them, you know, do great stuff with it as well. But it's here and now. It's not tomorrow. That is the difference in what we're talking about here and leading, leaning and being forward when it comes to AI and artificial intelligence and how, I mean, and, and our augmented reality and how we can 
utilize this in our everyday life to make people better, to make people safe. And I hate to say this, but I mean, it's really going to be using this to create that resilient and anti-fragile community that we keep talking about. This is what today, it's not future. It's not happening tomorrow. This is what's happening right now. It's time for us to embrace it, not be afraid of it, and participate in it. Hey, everybody, I really appreciate you spending time with me this morning. And, you know, we're going to be doing a little bit more of this um, at the Emergency Manager Network. Um, I'm writing an article right now that will be um, live uh, next couple of days. And I want to start diving a little bit deeper into what it is to be using artificial intelligence and, and um, augmented reality in emergency management, in leadership, um, and how it can really impact uh, the communities that you're serving and the organizations that you work for. So everybody, until next week, stay safe. <laughs>